welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to I See You. This is episode 30, Compassion Across Generations. It's been exciting at our house, well, at my mom's house. I'm living at my mom's house right now. (laughs) So we sold our house, but we had it fall through at the last minute, which was a bummer. Anyways, but so the last week's been pretty crazy. We had to get our house back up on the market and we feel so blessed. We received several offers. We're under contract again. I just have to say I have the most incredible realtor of all time. I have never seen someone hustle like this girl hustles. And she just so happens to be my sister-in-law. And she's incredible. It's always a little nervous working with family. It can be awkward if things don't go well. I have never seen someone work so hard as this girl. Her name is Brianna Hoffman and I just have to give her a shout out because she's done an incredible job and you need to make sure you look her up. Her website is brianna-hoffman.com. This week's review, they gave it five stars. It says, soaking up the goodness, live.love, five stars. I absolutely love this podcast. I can't explain in words how much it has helped me to be more understanding and compassionate towards others and myself. I listen to this podcast on my way to work, after work, and on break, soaking up all the goodness whenever possible. Thank you so much, Julie. You are simply amazing. It feels so good to listen to something that is so real. Yeah, that's what I like to hear before work, after work, on the break. That's super cool. So today's episode was actually inspired by some conversations I've had with different people lately. And it's been people of all different ages. I want to start by saying I've said before on different podcasts and on here, I feel like I'm an old soul. Now what I mean by that is that for better or worse, I've had some life-altering experiences at a young age. And I know I'm not alone in that. We don't always get to choose when different parts of our brain are developed, when different parts of our hearts are broken or healed. We all have different paths that way. And when I say I have an old soul, it doesn't mean that it's better or worse than someone else. It just is. It's, it's our individual different paths. In episode one, I remember I introduced myself as someone that loves people, and I always have. I remember as a kid, I loved to perform for my siblings, quoting silly lines that they trained me with. I just loved feeling a part of something. My son Sam is a lot that way. I think he gets that from me. We like to be in on stuff. We like to feel a part of a group. I've lived in a lot of different neighborhoods. I was born in Kansas and I spent some time in Colorado as a really young kid, but I don't remember a lot from that time. Where I remember really developing most of my relationships is in Utah mostly, and then for a short time I lived in Texas and in Indiana. And each of these places I have found really positive relationships with people of all different ages. In Indiana, I remember there was a lady that saw that some of us were new in our church congregation. So she took me and another girl. She took us to the beach. And she was a lot older than us. But she took us to the beach because she knew that we might be feeling lonely. And she just spent the day with us and we just chatted. I remember in Texas being new, I created a great relationship with the family whose house we lived in for a time. They were my parents' age, but it felt like we were dear friends. In Salt Lake, where I lived for a couple years, I quickly became close to a lady named Judy. We just understood each other and we loved each other's company. We could laugh and talk and relate. We went to the temple together and we went out to eat together. So she was 74 and I was 24 at the time. We were literally 50 years apart in age. And yet our souls just understood each other. We always said we were like long lost soul sisters. 
I think it's a shame when we think that we can only relate to people who are in our same age group or our own generation. I think there's so much we have to learn from each other. I think we have such different strengths. The people that understand that, that don't worry so much about age groups, they worry more about finding kindred spirits. Now, I kind of sound like Anne of Green Gables, but people that, that they can relate with in spirit and mind, those are the kind of people that are easy to connect with, I think. For me, the people that are easiest to talk to are people who are teachable. I've met people in my same age group who they have everything figured out. They have all the answers. And they, they think there's only one way to potty train, one way to discipline, one way to sleep train. They've got it all figured out. And I've also met people that are a lot older than me that are the same way in different areas. They know there's just one way that we should behave in public, one way to give a church talk, one way to prepare food. Those are the kind of people that it's hard for me to relate to because as an adult, I have become painfully, painfully aware that I don't know it all, that life is complicated, and that I don't have all the answers. Rob has a coworker that I recently met as I was having lunch with Rob at his work the other day, and he was talking about how he's a bishop of a congregation and how he is actively trying to learn and better understand mental illness in general because it's something he doesn't completely get and he wants to understand it better so that he can be just a better, more compassionate church leader. I thought that was incredible. People that are teachable, that it doesn't matter their age, they want to learn, they hunger for learning, they want to be better people. What I love most about specifically creating friendships with people that are older than me, for me obviously it's exciting because I'm like, oh, you want to be my friend, little me? It's exciting because they have so much more life experience than me, and so they have all this wisdom to share. And yet they look to me from this younger generation that has different things to share. Those are the people that are so fun to have conversations with. Older women who look at me as maybe I'm struggling with my kids, they say things like, oh my gosh, I remember that. That was so hard. I promise it's all going to be worth it. You're doing such a good job. That's huge because I can relate to someone that says, oh, it was hard sometimes when I was a mom too. And yet they still encourage, right? You're doing a great job. The past generations, they were simply in general just better at some things. And our generation, I think we're better at some things than they were. Past generations, some of the things I think just in general that I've noticed, they seem like they were better at connecting face to face. Manual labor, hard work ethic, I think they were good at that in general. They were better at slowing down and not getting distracted at focusing on tasks. Our generation, I think we're pretty good at some stuff. I think that we're better about talking about hard things in open. I think we're better at being compassionate to, to people that feel like they are outliers to minority groups. I think we're more compassionate maybe in general. I see a huge push in our generation for honoring each other's paths, our different paths, but there's not one way to do everything. I think we're better at having less black and white thinking about recognizing that things are complex. Now obviously these aren't hard and fast. Obviously there are people, young and old, that are amazing at all of these things that have different strengths. But I'm just saying in general, from what I've observed, that's what I see. Generations, we have so much to offer each other. But in order to connect that way, we have to offer compassion to each other. I have this friend that was talking about John Wayne specifically. She was telling me how much she loves John Wayne, how much her family has always loved John Wayne and his movies. But it's come to their attention recently that he said some unkind, racist, and anti-gay remarks. So they're in this position where they loved John Wayne and now they hear some of these things he said that weren't kind. 
So do his remarks take away what my friend and her family loved about John Wayne? It's complicated, right? And I don't know a ton about it. I googled it real quick before I recorded this, but honestly, I don't, I don't have all the answers on that. But I guess I'm just offering that maybe that generation, they weren't as aware as our generation about some of these subjects. They made mistakes. And while a mistake is a mistake, we also probably shouldn't judge people with the same measuring stick that we have for ourselves now being more aware. That doesn't excuse mistakes, but it might, it might lend us some compassion to look at those people in a different light. Our generation, we are getting better and better about talking about things more in the open. And there's some subjects that past generations, they honestly were just more ignorant to, and they deserve compassion for that. I would hope that older generations will be more compassionate with my generation. I've had some interesting conversations with some elderly people saying things like, well, we didn't have time to get depressed, or just being mortified that, that the younger people in their congregations and their groups are sharing so openly their addictions in a religious setting. That's hard for them. It's not what they're used to. I guess I would ask, please be compassionate with our generation. We are trying to make things better than they've been before. We're choosing to be open because we're recognizing that being silent is literally killing people. Please have compassion for our struggles. I don't know all the reasons why depression rates are higher than when it was that, that some of these elderly people were growing up. You know, there's a lot of theories. Was it just that people didn't talk about it then? Is it the social media? Obviously, that's a part of it. There's no denying that. I would ask for your compassion for our generation and our struggles. And you know what? I also know that there are a lot of people in the past generations who did know the importance of talking about hard things, of bringing things out of the darkness into the light to be seen so that together in a group of people, it could be fought and overcome. The memorial out of the Dachau concentration camp, you can see the words never again written in five different languages. In German, it says nie wieder. Outside the desert memorial for the Holocaust, it says, I have told you this story not to weaken you, but to strengthen you. Now it is up to you, never again. I love that phrase, never again. And I like to think that that applies a little bit to this generation of people that is trying to shine a light on things that have been hit in the darkness, things like addiction, things like depression, things like anxiety, things like suicide. I'm proud of my generation. I'm proud of us for choosing to talk. And I'm most proud of us when we can take all of the good that has come before us, generations before us, and learn from those people who have so much more life experience than us. We can be compassionate with our limitations, with their way of understanding the world that might look different than ours. I have known women that had their husbands go off in World War II and not come home again, that had to pick up the pieces at home, that had to raise their children by themselves. I can't look at those women and think that they are ignorant to pain, that think that they just don't get it. No, they get it. They get it in a way that I don't. And you know what? Maybe sometimes they say something that can be taken as racist that they shouldn't say. That's okay. I can have compassion for them and still recognize that that's a mistake they've made. But I can't in good conscience not recognize the things that they understand that I don't understand because I haven't been them and I've never had to send my husband off to war and I've never had to raise my children alone. We have so much to learn from past generations and they have so much to learn from us. And those that can't see that, can't see that both of those things exist, I think they're missing out and I don't think they're going to be able to see people as well. The way we talk about seeing people with compassion, with connection, not seeing in black and white, but seeing in color. Some people that I see that I, oh, I dearly love are my grandparents who passed away in the last couple years. I look up to them in so many ways 
they own their own business, a successful business. They were crazy involved in their communities. They even started a golf course in a town that didn't have one. They headed up the entire project. And I was struck as I was reading my grandpa's biography how he so often felt frustrated when he saw hypocrisy in his religious community. He was someone that he wanted to do what he said he would do, and he was the same everywhere he went. And he worshipped the ground my grandmother walked on. You know, we talk about sometimes past generations before the women's movement, how women were mistreated. And I know that happened at times. I know it did. But I just want to offer that there were people who got it. My grandpa, he got it. He loved my grandma. And her voice was heard in that home. It was heard, it was understood, and it was valued. People in the past generation, they had things to offer. My grandparents being some of them. My grandma, she learned to love the things that her husband loved. Their relationship is one that we look at and we want to emulate because they loved each other and they valued each other's opinions. They were equal partners in that home. And we don't always hear of that example in past generations. I think it's easy for us young people to think, well, before the women's movement, you know, women weren't appreciated, they weren't understood, they were abused, all of these things. And while those things did happen and those things are wrong, that's not how it was for everyone. There are people and examples from the past that got it right. I have so much to learn from my grandparents. In fact, I have a lot of my grandma's paintings in my home and my siblings have her paintings around. My mom has her paintings around. She's an incredible painter. Her and my grandpa both wrote poetry, her especially, and she has several poems that I want to frame in my new home. I want to read you this one that I came across in her autobiography that I recently read and it gives advice that I think our generation could really benefit from. The poem's title is Pack Light. Here's what it says. We change our values as we grow old. Sifting, selecting, discarding, like packing for a trip. We don't need this, we won't use that. Packing light has always made more sense. But those things that survive the weeding out become more dear than they have ever been. No more excess baggage now. What's left is life itself. We'd like to slow our children's frenzied pace. Did we really hustle so when we were young? Their use of total energy and time robs those few precious moments that are left, unmindful of their worth on roads behind. We cry out, stop and linger for a while and chat and memorize my face. Those other things can wait. They'll still be there. You'll see their excess baggage later on and they'll be weeded out and left behind, but not in time for us, for we'll be gone. I love that poem. I love it because I think that my grandparents knew something about slowing down, about memorizing each other's faces, about living in the moment, about being mindful as we talk about. Maybe they didn't use that same vocabulary, but they knew about being mindful. Now my grandparents, they were phenomenal people, but they made mistakes. On more than one occasion, I heard them say some things that weren't appropriate about some minority groups I know of because they were still learning just like I'm still learning. Just in the last 10 years, I can look back and think of things that I said before and I feel so embarrassed of things that I've said because I just didn't know better. But when you know better, you can do better. And now I know better and I can do better. And I know that my grandparents and the people in that generation, when they know better, they are now capable to do better. But it doesn't take away the fact that they're good, good people who were trying to do what was right, even if they got it wrong sometimes. And that doesn't take away the pain that you or I or anyone have felt by their mistakes. Pain is pain and it's real. We can also look at these people with compassion. 
we can look at everybody with compassion, with their understanding, with what they bring to the table, with what their culture taught them, with the knowledge that they did have and the knowledge that they didn't have. I want to read another poem, a poem that is from my generation. And it's the lyrics from a Dear Evan Hansen song. If you haven't heard of Dear Evan Hansen yet, if you haven't gotten on the Dear Evan Hansen craze, it's incredible. It's a new Broadway show. Well, I say new, it's several years old now. But it's a Broadway show that follows the life of a young man who has crippling anxiety. And it has to do with a lie that he tells, but a lie that also connects him to different people. And he ends up being uh, a source of hope for people who struggle. I want to read you some of the lyrics from probably the most popular song from the play. The song is called You Will Be Found. Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall and no one would hear? Well, let that lonely feeling wash away. Maybe there's a reason to believe you'll be okay. Because when you don't feel strong enough to stand, you can reach, reach out your hand. And oh, someone will come running, and I know they'll take you home. Even when the dark comes crashing through, when you need a friend to carry you, and when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. So let the sun come streaming in, because you'll reach up and you'll rise again. Lift your head up and look around. You will be found. There's a place where we don't have to feel unknown. And every time that you call out, you're a little less alone. If you only say the word from across the silence, your voice is heard. Out of the shadows, the morning is breaking and all is new, all is new. It's feeling awfully empty and suddenly I see that all is new, all is new. You're not alone. You will be found. I think I've shared these lyrics on here before because I think this exemplifies so much the strength in our generation of finding each other and making sure that nobody feels alone. We're not perfect at it, but we're working on it. So let's be people who can have compassion for all generations, who can take all the good that's come before us and can progress with it. Thank you for listening to me rant today. <laughs> oh, you should all get a podcast. It's just this place that you rant and you hope people will listen to you. Do you love this podcast? Are you a fanboy or a fangirl? Like one of our last reviewers called themselves, hashtag fanboy. Well, I would encourage you then to go visit icupodcast.com and click on support the podcast. You can find lots of cute apparel there with free shipping. I have the baseball shirt and I just ordered the hoodie in black and the Compassion and Connection black t-shirt. I'm pumped. The podcast gets 10 bucks for every order. Or if you just rather donate directly to the podcast so all your money goes right to the podcast's website fees, you can do that there on the same page just with the click of a button. Until next time, my name is Julie Lee and I see you.